everybody. Welcome back to the Shobert Show. I'm your host, Shobert Shoberi. I'm really excited to have our next guests, the founders of Obviously, May Karwalski and Maxine Domain. Thank you so much for being part of my show and being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, would love both of you to introduce yourselves briefly. Uh, May, would you like to start? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm the CEO of Obviously. We're an influencer marketing uh, full service agency and tech platform. And I'll let Max talk about what he does. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Max, and I'm the CTO of the company and uh, building things uh, for us uh, at uh, Obviously. Fantastic. Um, and we'd love to, uh, you know, hear about more about the company and uh, how did you both. Actually, curiosity, meet um, and start the company. Actually, at what point did you guys meet? So we have a mutual friend um, and named Fergus, and yeah. he put us in touch after I had been talking to him about some some different projects I wanted to do in the social space. I actually had a social media agency. We were focused on social media management, so you know, like creating the the Instagram account for Uniqlo or for the BBC, and really oh, focused wow. on the the content creation side mm-hmm. and i was like okay i really want to create a product i really want to work with these creators who have organically built their own audiences that seems like the best way for brands to grow on social media and so i was really looking for a, a partner to to do that and build that um, and so i got the intro to max and funnily enough we actually we worked on this we built he built the mvp and we we didn't meet for over a year right max yes. like how, really how long was it? yeah that's right yeah. Yeah, from my from my perspective, I wanted to find uh, my next uh, co-founder, somebody that had the vision and and some space in some industry. And I had worked with Fergus, but it wasn't uh, available for our next project. So I told him I was interested in uh, finding somebody with vision, and he said, "You should meet uh, this this person, uh, May. She's great, and she has really a vision about uh, influence marketing and social media." And yeah. uh, we started meeting uh, online because uh, you guys had met in New York, if my memory serves well. And we were both in San Francisco at the time. Mm-hmm. So we were just working on, on, on projects together until one day May showed up in uh, San Francisco and we met for the first time. It was, it was kind of interesting. We had worked together for at least six months already. Yeah, oh, we were wow. really well together, uh, like yeah. remotely. It was, it was, it was cool. And now, so much of the company is remote too. I feel like we're kind of getting back yeah. to, to, to it yeah. infuse some of the DNA of the company of being able to work uh, by coastal first, then mm-hmm. international when we opened the the Paris office, and then now with COVID, it was kind of a natural transition. You know, that was interesting from the get go. Yeah, that's. I mean, you guys definitely had that in the DNA, like you mentioned, both of you. Uh, when when did you start the company? Uh, you know, was was it like you mentioned after a year of working on this, and you guys have worked for six months together? Was it around then, or was it? Uh, uh, you know, what was this run like? Last five years ago, six years, seven. This is about over like eight and a half. Yeah. Now. Oh yeah, wow. We're over coming yeah. up on nine. Um, that is yeah, incredible. I, yeah, I remember with the. Um, I like we had the LLC formation on on April Fool's Day, so I remember. So yeah, it's coming up. But it's real, yeah, very yeah. serious. But also, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, you you could definitely play. Uh, have you guys done any pr- pranks on like your <laughs> a- annual uh, anniversary, being that it's April Fool's, or no? <laughs> 
Not yet, but it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we got to brainstorm. Yeah. We got to figure out. Yeah, it would be kind of a fun hack to even work with some of the influencers about that. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, go ahead, Max. No, I think to, to answer your question, I think what was really fun about the moment where the company really started is um, we did a few uh, small projects at the very beginning, just the first few weeks. But very quickly, I always remember we had this phone call on something that was very um, supposed to be a 15-minute phone call. And we ended up talking for hours and hours. And, and May especially laid out the vision on you know, how brands and influencers could interact. And I, I really made my uh, wheels turn and I was bouncing back with ideas of how we could build things. Yeah. And, uh, and the weekend after, I didn't have anything to do. So I built an MVP. And that was really the moment where uh, we saw that something big could be happening there. So it's kind of interesting of just one phone call can change it all, you know? Yeah, for those listening uh, who don't understand what MVP means, it means minimal viable product. It's the simplest product to go live uh, online um, or, or basically go to market. Based. And uh, so that's pretty awesome. And um, and, and actually, like to, to give Max a little bit more credit, the MVP actually ended up being so good that we were able to use that. And um, and it's really the backbone of, of the product still today because we had to, I mean, we've, iterated we've built significantly off of it but you know the core bones that he put together that weekend uh really seemed to be exactly what we needed that's amazing uh, sorry for the one second let me pause this all right that's that's fascinating actually you guys hacked out an idea together um based on just kind of serendipitous connection um to having this space what uh, i'm actually let me ask may this because you obviously work in this for a long time uh, like maybe going deeper into your background, did you study this in college? Did you work on something? Uh, you know, I believe you're actually a serial entrepreneur. This is maybe your second or third company. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned that you were working on brands like Uniqlo and BBC on like a one-off basis managing them. Uh, but I'm, I'm fascinated to hear more uh, about how you got into this uh, company and launching it beforehand. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, I did not study any of this in school. It really wasn't available yet, which is kind of what's I think so, so interesting and cool is that social media and working with creators and the creator economy is just is so new. You know, we're still very much in the early days of it. And, you know, I was a philosophy major in college and I was just really interested in the intersection of tech and society and how like, hey, we're all on Facebook, we're all on Instagram now. Um, we're all using dating apps. We're all doing like all these other things online yeah. that we never did previously. Um, how does that affect like just our everyday life? How does it affect our society? You know, what is it doing kind of on a macro level? So I've always been interested in that, but there was clearly going to be, you know, no jobs in that. Um, and so I, I moved to New York and started working on managing brands accounts um, and really on social media. Um, and that was actually really new at the time, which is kind of funny to even say, like I was managing the real housewives, Facebook pages, um, Coke zeros, Twitter account. Uh, you know, it was, it was really just early days of, uh, of brands trying to figure out what to do on social media. Uh, and then I quickly realized, wow, these brands are spending literally millions of dollars trying to get Facebook likes or trying to get followers on Instagram. Um, but they don't actually know or are thinking about why am why are we doing that like why is that important um 
And it's like, oh, what we really should be doing is working with people who have just, you know, built an audience they've built. Yeah. 10,000 followers just because they're interesting or just because they have, they're an expert in something and they have something really unique to say, or they have a hundred thousand followers um, or they have a million followers. Like if we can get the brands to give them product to actually have these influencers create content on their behalf, that seems to be like a much smarter, more efficient um, and just generally more authentic way for these brands to, to get, get noticed and to get people to really care and learn more about their products. Um, so I kind of had that in my head percolating, even as I was working on these different brand accounts, um, and, and working with different companies and then, and, you know, pretty quickly realized that, okay, we need, we need a really solid product. We need a really great technology. Like we can't do this just manually. Um, and we can't do this, you know, without great tech. So I was really looking for, you know, for Max. Um, and then and yeah. I love, he has this mantra, uh, like, you know, death to spreadsheets. Like if you're doing anything in a spreadsheet, like, oh, let's, let's turn that into the product. Let's figure out how we can actually streamline wow. that and make it a lot easier. And, um, that's just really resonated with, with brands. You know, we work with some of the world's largest brands, um, from, you know, Google to Amazon to Ulta to Nike, um, and, and kind of that idea, like, hey, let's simplify and let's just mm. get this brand in front of the right people um, who will then talk about it. It's kind of been the core since the beginning. That's awesome. And how about you, Max? I mean, you mentioned you you were passionate about this space too in parallel. Uh, you created a MVP uh, even a little before as well as, uh, you know, the six months you work with May when you first met her. But like, what was your background? What were you doing before, obviously? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my uh, my focus has always been on on building things in particular, and uh, you know, coming from France and the France college system, we are more you know um, pushed to be thinkers than doers. So the yeah. reason why I moved to the U.S. is because the education system is a little more focused on doing things here, and I wanted to complement what I'd done with this uh, set of skills. And, and that's why, that's why I moved. And after, you know, graduating, um, the, the piece that was missing is to find, you know, business partners, co-founders that really have a vision for things. And I can really deploy my building, you know, uh, skill sets, um, towards. So, um, you mentioned Fergus earlier. We mentioned Fergus. Uh, he was my first, uh, co-founder. And, um, and the same dynamics kind of applied there. He had a great vision for the photo app sharing mm-hmm. uh, space. And we built something great together and sold it. And, and then when that ended, I really wanted to continue in the same, uh, with the same dynamic, but also in a, in a, in a parallel space, uh, in a space that at least was tangential. And it was very natural to go from photo app sharing photo app sharing which is very social at its core Correct. to what was really a nascent you know niche um thing happening which was influencers and influencer marketing and so you know i i think that's why it was so natural um talking with may really seeing that there was something big here and it was just a continuation of um you know what i just started 
was the uh, App Store was Apple a few years earlier, was uh, yeah. cameras on the phones, was, um, you know, the app economy. And that was just a natural progression. And finding somebody that had vision there and, and something big that I could build was really just a natural progression. I was, it was awesome. It's, it's not easy to find. So it was really awesome to find me at that point. Yeah, that's fasc fascinating. And so, and I want to go just one more, I guess, question with you, Max, is about the product. Um, you mentioned like App Store and that economy and that ecosystem. When did you see the you know social media influencer economy becoming it? And you're like, I have to go in before it becomes a thing and create platforms for it. Like, was it just a moment you worked on products with like social media influencers on your photo apps um, or no? What was, what was yeah, I think the premise of that was um, um, some of the product we built uh, with, with Fergus. The uh, the concept of influence was use different ingredients, and it's uh, almost always the same. It's the ability to have an unlimited number of uh, uh, following base, um, sure. the uh, ability to post rich content, right, and uh, a non or more or less non-well-garden um, ecosystem, okay. meaning everything is public so you can really touch the world, you know, uh, the entire world. And and that really started uh, showing up in the in the products and the apps we built. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I really didn't articulate it uh, until I met May. And it's really those conversations with May that just made me understand that something big was going to happen. And, yeah. And sure enough, eight years later, we're still in a very high growth path on that space that is still exploding. And uh, it's been cool to see the prediction and the realization of the prediction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and May, I wanted to then ask you, so you've worked with uh, brands from Fortune 500 to small indie shops. Um, and then you, ba you basically, you're connecting that, those ecosystems and products to now the influencers, right? And eight years ago is a different time than now with all the platforms. And, and basically, it's much more easier to understand the business models. But um, when when you were talking to the brands, how was it difficult to convince them to, you know, get into social media, one, to also, you know, use your platform? Was it easier because you work with them? Um, or was it just so cookie cutter that you and Max worked on from the day one um, that it was easy to, you know, kind of... Uh, work on and then do you have i guess a good example back then that you tested out a story um that it just it, it killed it that really started obviously uh yeah i mean i think i'll first start off by just saying like i think it it seems you know obvious to work with creators <laughs> and to work with influencers and that's just like uh definitely a it's a booming marketing industry now you know it will be sure. you know it's it's growing it's doubling year over year. I think it's over like $12 billion this year. But wow. when we started the company, I mean, people did not know what we were doing. Um, it was, it was very, very new. Um, but there was a lot of interest. And so I, especially from brands who just wanted to learn more about social, you know, they like, they saw that social was important. They saw, Oh, I could really reach new audiences, you know, through this, through these platforms. How do we actually figure it out? So, mm -hmm. I just remember going to different brands and, and pitching. And, you know, I was think I would talk to like two people, but then like 30 people would show up to the meeting. You know, they were like, Oh, I want to hear about influencers. Like this is super new. This is super exciting. And we were really, 
I mean, one of the first, if not the first that, that this brand had, had ever, you know, had a conversation about influencers sure. with, with a company like ours and that we were doing it with, with tech and with a real product. Um, this was kind of at the, you know, the Kardashians, like at their, <laughs> at the rise. So when you thought of influencer, you're like, oh, we'll work with Kim Kardashian, you know, and, and our so at pitch, that time was like reality TV, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, that was the only influencer anyone would think of the, the, the term micro influencer or the term nano influencer wasn't even, wasn't even so, on anyone's radar. So, so what is really, an influencer? If I, uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, what is an influencer for those listening in? I mean, obviously now it's, it's obvious, uh, but you know, like, what does it really mean on a business level? Um, yeah. So to be an influencer is basically a, a person who has organically grown an audience on okay. a social media platform. So it could be Twitch, it could be Instagram, it could be YouTube. TikTok is really hot right now and um, minting sure. new every day um but so it's basically someone who has you know they they can have ten thousand followers they can have a hundred thousand they can have five million followers mm. um on one of these apps but they're constantly creating content um and constantly growing and communicating with that audience so then yeah. when we do influencer marketing that's really where we pair a brand with that influencer and we say this brand would be perfect to work with this influencer. They really want to reach the audience that this influencer has created and is speaking to. And then we make sure that that works really well. And so maybe influencers talking about Air Jordan sneakers, we make sure that, you know, it's the person loves the brand, loves the product and the, the content that they create and then post on their channel about Air Jordans is very much what the brand's looking to you know, looking to have, have the conversation be about that product. So, awesome. um, yeah, yeah. And then, so like kind of like the tech innovation and then the really cool part that, that Max built out was like, let's not just work with one influencer, um, because then you only have one data point of over how it went. What if we yeah. worked with a hundred influencers? Um, and, and how do we do that at scale? And how do we do that just with a really small scrappy team? Um, so now we mm. have a, a platform we can literally, you know, just make it so so easy to work with a hundred or a thousand influencers at a given time um and that's everything from you know shipping and fulfilling the product to um you know asking the influencers a series of questions beforehand to dealing with image rights dealing with payment dealing with contracts and negotiation um so there's oh, wow. so many different pieces that go into it and most people are just like uh, they see influencer marketing they're like cool that looks relatively straightforward but it actually yeah. takes it ton of time um and and a lot of expertise to really do it well so i think we've all seen like really bad influencer marketing you're like Ish, that's <laughs> yeah yeah and so this that was a great no. explanation by yeah. the way thank you for that and and I, I'm, I'm curious uh you know what was i asked before it uh, was do you have uh some of these stories like did you help was it was it actually by nike and air jordans did you have uh you know what are some some kind of cool success stories that actually took off and helped uh, the brand launch or um, you know, sustain. Yeah. I mean, I think like one thing that I'm constantly just like, so in impressed with our company and our team, um, and just what we've built is that we've been able to just get amazing clients on board, um, and have them work with us for years. Um, and, and just have really, really strong running relationships in an industry where there seems like, you know, there's a new company, there's a new shiny object popping up every other day. Um, so, I mean, I think, yeah, I th one that I would, point to is um uh, we have a long-running relationship with Ulta Beauty you know so they're one of the top beauty retailers in the United States um and we run their brand ambassador program where they have 
you know, several dozen uh, creators who um, are posting, you know, with very specific creative briefs um, several times over the course of the year. Um, the influencers really get to know the brand marketing team and they really get to give their insight. They get to weigh in on what they like, what they don't like. Um, but one like very clear example of something that worked extremely well, it was very early on in our relationship with them. Uh, we were launching, there was the launch of um, Florence by Mills, which is Millie Bobby Brown's uh, beauty line. And she's super popular, you know, Stranger Things was like just mm-hmm. hitting the scene. Um, and we had um, eight TikTokers create um, create amazing videos for her. There were over 8 billion views on the hashtag. 8 beauty. billion? Yeah, that we launched. And, the, and it sold out, I think, within 24 hours. And we were like, oh, whoa, there's something huge happening here. Yeah. Uh, and then the brand the brand was thrilled, um, obviously. And how do you get 8 billion? <laughs> how do you get? I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. How do you get 8 billion views? So that is an incredible. So, yeah. So basically the, the influencers were saying like what beauty means to them. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, beauty is authenticity. Beauty is being myself. You know, beauty is inside out. Um, and then they were getting all of their followers and anyone who had seen the video started making their own videos about what beauty is to them. Got it. Using the hashtag, tagging the brand. Um, and and yeah, it just really took on a life of its own. And and that is one really cool thing about TikTok is that that just happens so organically and so virally very, very quickly. Um, yeah. And we, yeah we, I mean, we had to like check and recheck the numbers because we were like 8 billion. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really- that's a really interesting uh, perspective because I'm, you know, I'm in mobile and we say like it, it took, uh, I think it took about four to five years for the f- first real uh, like game studio to get a billion installs. So <laughs> <laughs> over, you know, a night to get 8 billion views is just an incredible feat. I know one brand I read, uh, Chipotle, I believe, was the first brand to have uh, a virality from their TikTok uh, mm-hmm. post about a year or two ago, which was like eight, the first billion view, uh, po- similar situation. Like they had a product launch and, uh, you know, they had a song in the background and they could use it on TikTok and, uh, you know, over a billion people and like something crazy, 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe a week long. Yeah, uh, I think actually they worked with David Dobrik on that and it, oh, was, yeah, like a, right. and it was like a flip it was, it was a cool idea and, and it just got all it was basically to like flip the top of your like chipotle burrito bowl yeah um and like see if you could get it to land the right side up uh and so that's like that's kind of perfect for social media right because it just all these people started trying to do it themselves and filming themselves doing it um so so yeah it's uh it, it's pretty crazy how how quickly and, and how big you can go with a with a smart idea yeah, I, I mean, I got a couple other questions. Subculture is so fascinating in, in, in social media. So uh, right now, I guess in a traditional sense, and you mentioned like when you guys were launching a lot of like tangible products, right, with fashion brands and fashionistas that are on Instagram, uh, you know, that was one vertical I think that really took off for this space. But now like the gamers are just massive on, you mentioned Twitch, to, uh, you know, I think one that really decentralized uh, one vertical of a really legacy industry was the NCAA allowing athletes, college athletes to actually monetize as well. Um, so I'm curious, you know, uh, how do you approach it? These are like all viable industries. How do you say, we're going to try this out? Uh, or, cause I know, I believe you guys do really well with the you know, tangible products. Um, have you gone into like the collegiate route? Have you gone the gamer route? Uh, you know, as a, 
as a company, how do you kind of sustain growth in different new uh, verticals that come up for social media influencers? Uh, yeah. So one thing that I think has been really just so cool as the company has evolved and as you know, we're, we're growing like over 50% year over year, which is crazy to kind of keep up that growth. Um, yeah. But the thing is, the demand is really there. And it really started with beauty and fashion. I think like, like you mentioned, that was just you know, an easy two easy verticals that are very popular on Instagram. Uh, but now we work with brands in so many different verticals. You know, we work with like air fryer companies who want to uh, cool. in, want, want different um, cooks and chefs to use their air fryer and create um, recipe videos on TikTok. Um, we have yeah. healthcare companies. Um, we have uh, so many different apps and banking companies. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just like, you know, we work with the state of Nebraska to promote, um, to promote the state to different people to say like, Hey, if you're looking for a new like state to move to, why don't you check out Nebraska? I mean, so it's really, <laughs> it really runs the gamut. Um, and so yeah. like, every day is super interesting to be like, Oh, cool. Working with this financial services app. They have like very, it's a very regulated industry. How do we yes. do that? Um, so it's been really cool for, you know, for Max and I and the team to really work together and say, Oh, this is new and different. How do we tackle this? Um, and I feel like that happens like, every week <laughs> how does the product a then uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. i mean that's pretty exciting but how do you as a product because you mentioned the complexities of first you know you have supply demand you have the products and then you have the influencers then you have the legal side with i could imagine many other things besides the images so how does max how do you guys create like a product that really is like able to copy paste from one vertical to another um and at scale um I mean, i'm curious especially on social media which is like so huge. I mean, you're talking reaching up to several billion people at once. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's a good question because that's where uh, things really get interesting. And our mantra has always been to build a lot of flexibility in the tool and yeah. to be able to really customize it to the flow that the client uh, really needs. And what is happening with influencer marketing is really a complexification of that marketing flow. If you think about influencer marketing, um, you know, 30 years ago, that was just Andy Magdal in the 80s, um, you know, going on a L'Oreal commercial in uh, on TV. And that was mm -hmm. one person to manage one contract. And really what we're doing with influencer marketing is the same concept, but democratize and more complex because now you're, you're working with a lot more people. Yeah. Um, you, you get way uh, more, you know, uh, uh, targeted results and a lot more measurements, but also a lot more complexity. And so when you think about new verticals, it's the same process. It's this idea that we want to apply the same type of recipes that work really well. And that work well in maybe some more obvious um, places like um, like beauty and really apply them to places that have not been kind of charted yet yeah. um, but also come with their own complexity so when we talk about healthcare and 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 then financial services as you said you know uh, the legal aspect the compliance aspect becomes a very complex and very time consuming aspect of the logistical pipeline and that's yeah. where we get really good at what we're doing because we've built that into the dna of the product the product is not just set to stone for Two Instagram posts, and that's it. That's all that's happening. It's all about how we get the message out there 
in all the channels channels that we need to get it uh, out there. Um, so we code a lot. <laughs> yeah. And do you connect with the APIs or how does it work? Like say, for example, I'm a new person who wants to like scale up something uh, by March. This is like February and March is coming or April, May. You know, I want to kind of scale out. Um, how does this work and which channels you guys work with? What, what we believe in is um, the ability to centralize all the data and all the workflows in, in one place. You know, May was mentioning death to the spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, a big uh, mantra of ours, but it, it goes beyond that. It's this idea that no matter the platform, no matter where uh, the data is coming from, no matter where you want to see your content, what you need to have is, is, is visibility into what's happening and you need to have all the data going in one place. So um, we support all platforms, um, of course. But we also support uh, a new platform. If you're coming up with a new platform and you want content on it, um, it's the same mechanism. So we can uh, uh, support that. And we plug it into all the APIs uh, that are available. But the key point is to uh, syndicate that data and make it talk. And that's where you know our teams actually um, you know really dive in. We have a pretty extensive data team to do these kind of things. And that's central to what we offer. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. I, I know, uh, you know, with uh, what I see on social media, there's a lot of, you know, parallels. The world is basically uh, uniting fairly seamlessly. Uh, there's a lot of parallels. It's just almost like you see what you see here in other countries, uh, just different languages where the influencer takes advantage of a product and launches. Um, is that what you see right now? Uh, there's, there is differences with regards to cash flow. Um, most advertisers generally focus on the U.S. and English-speaking markets. So uh, how do you work with brands say, hey, besides the U.S., you should consider you know, Europe or, or Asia right now uh, that's growing for an influencer platform uh, for this specific product, if, if they obviously have the reach um, and uh, have the market there? Yeah, I mean, I think what's really interesting about working with creators and working with them globally is just seeing the differences um, the differences and then similarities uh, between markets. You know, like we know that launching a campaign in Germany is actually very different from launching a campaign in the US, which is very different than launching a campaign in um, in South Korea. Hmm. So, and just because creators work differently um, and Correct. in some ways they work the same, but some ways they, they work very differently. Um, you know, in some countries, influencers don't like to be contacted directly. Um, in other countries, influencers are extremely responsive and actually just like very, very communicative and almost over communicative compared to other countries wow. where we're like, are you going to respond? Like, how's it going? Yeah. Um, and then even like, you know, payment really different, yeah, really, really swings pretty, pretty widely, um, you know, within actually, you know, within countries, but also um, comparing countries to country. So, so that's been really cool for us to see, um, you know, the U S is just such a huge um, and deep market. So we have so many great brands there, um, but we do have, uh, you know, a lot of Fortune 500 brands, you know, they want to focus on the U.S. and then they want to scale what they're doing that works to different markets. Yep. So we love um, we love doing that and really figuring out, OK, here's a strategy in the U.S. Here's what worked. Does this work in France? You know, does this work in Australia? Um, does this work in Brazil or or what doesn't or, you know, like how do we change and adapt it? Um, and so that's been just really cool for the team. And I think that there's just going to be more and more work like that, um, at, you know, 
as the space continues to grow. I've seen like several types of uh, kind of influencer marketing. I mean, there's there's this one that's just like almost storytelling um, in the stories by Instagram, Snapchat, uh, to a certain extent, TikTok. Uh, there's also kind of uh, just product, just wear the product while you're just doing something. Uh, and then there's the other one, which is like, again, going back to different cultures in Asia, for example, uh, they they have these game shows and all of a sudden middle of the game show, they're like, hey, by the way, I'm playing this game on my phone. And in real time, while we're on the show, you could play me and see if I beat you. <laughs> so it's just so fascinating to see that the, kind of the different realms uh, of influencer marketing um, and how it's embedded in their lifestyle. What are some unique stories you've seen uh, that is just like, wow, I didn't know that's an angle to do it. Um, and were those three the type? How many more others uh, I'm missing out on? Like what could be shareable and uh, just like not what it is available right now as an advertiser to do? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing um, that we're really been kind of on the lookout for watching what's happening in Asia is that, um, you know, shoppable video and like shoppable social um, and in this seamless integration of social mm-hmm. and e-commerce um, is really just a huge industry um, in Asia. Uh, like, like, you know, to the, I think there was, there were two influencers who actually sold a billion dollars worth of goods in one, wow. like one, I don't know. It was, it was a very long uh, live stream. It was like a 10 hour live stream or something, but okay. you know, like, so we're talking like serious, serious, like in, insanely large numbers in terms of what these companies are bringing in revenue on shoppable video. And, um, and obviously we would, we'd love to be able to do that in yeah. the US. We'd love to do that in other markets in Europe. Um, but it really hasn't caught on or there hasn't been um an app or a platform yet that's really just taken hold here. And I think like that's something we're just very much on the lookout for, you know, like mm-hmm. what has traction. Because there are so many startups, startups and like the the large dominant platforms alike are trying to figure it out. Um and so there's, you know, there's just a huge opportunity there. And and it would make uh, influencer marketing just that much more impactful if we could add that layer on top of what we do. Um, so we're kind of always looking to be like, hey, when is this coming <laughs> out west? Like, when is this happening? Um, and I think that that would that would just be awesome. And it, it's going to. It's it's just a matter of time. It's not if. It's when. Um, and I think that's one thing that we're really excited about. You know, it might not be next year, but it's got to be in the next decade. Mm, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um... The, the home shopping, I'm surprised, like you said, there's no home shopping network-like experience on a Twitch or uh, uh, right. on Instagram, for example, um, like it is you see in Asia. But a you know, billion dollars after 10 hours of live streaming is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, and I guess uh, with the time, I had like a couple quick questions. One is like, uh, I was intrigued about, um, you know, do you have a moment in time when you both were growing up, uh, either in childhood or in college or even uh, young adults that you knew you wanted to become, or that was the sign that that could be like a sign of being an entrepreneur uh, versus working for like a big company. Uh, you know, when did maybe uh, may do you have any stories that you remember that that was like the aha moment? Yeah, I've, I have a, a few different moments, but I think the one that really stands out to me right now um, is my my dad and I actually loved uh, finding uh, used and rare books. So like anything that's a first edition and then if, you know, the author is living in a book on a book tour, we try to get the book signed and then sell it online. Um, Interesting. So we were amassing this collection. And then one summer, I think it was like my junior year of, co- of high school, 
I just put all the books online. I mean, we had like at least 10,000 or 20,000 books. So it was, you know, (laughs) it was quite labor intensive. Yeah. Easier way to do it. Um, But it was just, it was so fun. And it was like, oh, this is so cool. Like we have this little, like really cool, you know, used and rare book business that's now online. And how exciting is it when, you know, you get an order at 3 a.m. And you're like, oh, cool. And you, then you go, you know, go to the um, post office and, and ship it off. Um, so I think like that, even, you know, I was, I was what, like 16. Um, that was for me, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I could, I could, I definitely want to do something in this space. I definitely want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's great that you had that experience also with your father and he embraced this with you. Cause a lot of times, you know, parents stand offish and like, oh no, go back and study or, you know, focus yeah, on totally. your athletic education. That's awesome. Uh, how about, how about you, Max? Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting because this memory kind of triggered a memory of mine something similar where I think my first business was when I was nine or 10, we would go on those uh, school trips every year with school and I would bring my camcorder and I would document it and then edit it at home and then, uh, you know, film my computer to do the credits at the end, you know, edited by Max. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And then I would sell it um, to my, uh, to my friends and their families. Wow. After the school trip. And, uh, you know, I made my summer money for a few years there. I'm like, oh, my God, the, the whole end-to-end kind of approach to it, too, the sure. of it, the marketing of it, you know, having to talk to everybody at recess. And you probably want this VHS tape because you're, <laughs> you're on TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I, I think that's one of the origin stories, I'd say, for me. For sure. Wow, that's that. Those are both actually really cool. That uh, again, at, at a very young age, you both experienced that, and, um, and maybe that's the, the end to end. Maybe that makes you the engineer. <laughs> you got that first sense to understand that, right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you know, I always like to ask, uh, what is both your perspectives on what's going to happen? I mean, we're, we're already two months in 2022. Uh, what do you think is going to happen the rest of this year, as well as beyond? Um, both on a you know a holistic level as well as like your industry level. Uh yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a whirlwind few years. I think that like yeah. you know, Max and I have seen that firsthand just running this business, um, in you know being like, hey, what March twenty twenty, what's gonna happen <laughs> to, to now? Where it's like business is booming and it's like bigger than ever and it's growing faster than ever. Um, so it's really been. Uh, I mean, a roller coaster would probably be a, an understatement, but all in all, it's been it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I mean, I just really see this space continuing to just grow and grow and grow and grow very quickly. Um, just by the, you know, when we first started, it would be, oh, hey, we we have an experimental budget. Let's like, you know, let's throw fifty grand at this. If you're a brand, um, you know, now we have brands who are coming to us with, you know, five to ten million dollars a year. Um, and I, th- I'm sure that will grow even more next year and the year after. So, um, yeah, I think like we're just in this time where this space is really maturing. Um, and, and, and that's so, so exciting. Yeah. To, to bounce on that, I think, I think it's interesting how, you know, despite the tragedy and the chaos that COVID brought, um, I think a lot of people uh, and businesses have found a lot of clarity in the past couple of years and really know how they want to grow, you know, whether it's personal growth or professional growth or business growth. Um, I, I see a lot more clarity 
all around and what people want and what business uh, want to do. Uh, it's kind of interesting the parallel of you know people actually deciding where they want to live, leave uh, instead of you know living just where their job um, tell them to uh, to live. That's that's clarity. Um, but on the business side, I think we see a lot more you know clarity in business uh, strategies and and in visions and. That's great all around because uh, that means mm -hmm. that we can all kind of grow together and help uh, people grow instead of just feeling that there is something in this space. There's a lot more um, clarity now, as May was saying. Well, that's incredible. I mean, I'm just knowing the fact that I've known you guys both for all between five to ten years to actually hear, you know, the stories that you both met uh, and you work on the project for you know six months together before even technically, uh, you know, meeting in person and doing it. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And it's glad that through a f another, you know, mutual friend of ours, Fergus, uh, you guys got connected. And look, eight years later, this is amazing. Um, and I'm wishing you both the best uh, for growth. I think this is just the beginning of Social Influencer, like you mentioned, May, uh, that this is just like a tipping point uh, more and more, especially uh, I'm with the parallels of, uh, you know, possibly the blockchain industry combining together with the social media side. I think that'd be really fascinating. Maybe another episode for uh, Max to talk about it on product side and you to talk about it on the advertising Don't, <laughs> side. Get, me started. Don't get me started. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll keep a pause on that. But uh, I, I thank you both so much. It's a lot of fun and uh, you know, having you. Th this is, again, thanks everybody for listening in uh, with the founders of Obviously, May Karwowski and Maxim Domain. Uh, this is Shobert Shaberi with uh, Shobert Show. Thanks so much, you, you two, for joining. Thanks. Yeah, thanks thanks for, having us. for having us. Bye. All right. Bye. Yeah.